Sipping in conversations coming to you live. Ooh, baby, look at you. You got this, you going with the silver and black attack. <laughs> you looking all scrumptious. Scrumptious. So, baby, how was your day? Ooh, chair. Today was a great day to be a great day. Oh, was it now? <laughs> Of course. Mm. I'm doing preliminary stuff, y'all. So, y'all already know. When I look away, it's not because. That's why he's the man. Oh, that's what it is? Hey, hey. So, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out. You know what my shout out going to be too, baby? What's your shout out going to be, Buddha? To all the men of the Let's Vibe. Listen. We had this weekend. We had a uh, battle of the sexes. Boo! And I lost every game. <laughs> <laughs> I lost every game. It was sad, but overall, my brethren. Yeah, good thing for the my brethren held me up as we took home the gold. Ain't no different men rule, even in even if we behind enemy lines, baby. We move. Hated it. Natasha Zumba Tasha. Yeah. What's good, mama? So you know. What was your experience, baby? For me, whoo. Let me tell y'all. I don't know who this DJ was, but I think they said his name was uh, DJ Certified. I'm going to have to look him up. I hadn't looked him up yet. But, baby, from the time your girl walked in <laughs> to I left, I danced. It oh. was like nonstop dancing, dancing. He was jamming everything. 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 I think my boy Torres did that on purpose. <laughs> he made sure he had a good DJ to keep the girls because they can't, they could keep, couldn't stop the feet. They couldn't stop the feet. <laughs> I'm sure I'm on somebody's video prancing my little tail around. What's going on, D. Milf? B. Angel is always a pleasure to see B. Angel. You, you remember B. her? B. Angel. You, that's uh. Tamika, one of my classmates. You met her at uh, Rocco's Tacos. Hey, and her husband. 
and her husband Tim. There you yeah, go. There you go. I, I'm bad with names. Faces, solid. <laughs> names, no good. I'm getting too old to be remembering names and stuff. Mm. I don't know. So, Buddha. Yes, baby. What you talk? Well, how was your day? Uh, <laughs> well, honestly, it it was it was a it's a rough it's been a rough day, two days for me really. Uh, I got off work yesterday. Well, I like to I like to preface this shout out to the sales family and their time bereavement. Mm-hmm. Um, which is my mother's side of the family. Uh, we just lost I just lost the auntie. Oh, and she lived a life. She definitely lived a life. She, um, but. Much love. I love you, Auntie. Hope you can get um, into the gates. You know, I hope when that time comes and we get to, we get up in there and we meet the maker, you know, he lets you slide on in there. <laughs> yeah. And that and that's what it's all about. Um, other than that. Just another day at the office. What's going on here in dog? Brother Law. Henry. Henry. <laughs> Henry. And uh yeah, man. So Hen, I wanna let you know, man, there's a spades tournament. It's two different spades tournaments coming up. March sixteenth, and I think another one on March seventeenth. Uh tell the fellas, let's round them up. And uh let's try to bring home some money. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because you know, spades is my game. It's my you claim. You see me roll my eyes. <laughs> hey, listen. It's your game, but you was off your game. Yeah, I was off my game because uh, uh, Nikki, boho babies. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say something about you. Oh, no, no, no. You ain't going to do that to Nikki. Yeah. I'm going to say something about you. You put me on this tee. <laughs> Never again, if I'm going to be playing spades, am I ever going to drink that oh, tea? That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm blaming it on the tee. At, <laughs> at the end of the day, now the tee's supposed to do some work now. Uh-huh. She gave me something. Uh-huh. Hey, listen, guys. Listen, family. Simples, listen. All right, so she gave me some tea that's supposed to open up the third eye <laughs> when you go to sleep. So I was like, "Yeah, I want to be able to see sight." I want. I did the line though, guys. For you who don't know who line over Thundercats, I want to sight beyond sight. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, beautiful Bobby. I'm blaming your wife <laughs> for me losing. Every game, I, I lost every game at the six, at the Battle of the Sexes. I lost every game at the Battle of the Sexes. I'm blaming your wife because she gave me the tea. <laughs> <laughs> Not the tea. The tea. But the tea. The tea that gives you sight beyond sight, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was come, what was it? White Lotus? It was but, the Lotus. It was some Lotus tea, man. It's supposed to give me sight beyond sight. <laughs> I mean, my dream was great when I finally went to sleep. <laughs> but it did not do me no justice as I'm playing these spades. 
<laughs> in every other game. It was a cup game, right? I was playing, and man, my hand was so mighty, I was grabbing three and four cups, but you're only supposed to grab one. <laughs> Poor little girl, uh, Kylan Williams. You whooped my ass that time, girl. I ain't gonna, I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back for you. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you what y'all sipping on out there. What you sipping on, baby? When you get around, when you get around there. <laughs> Me, I'm sipping on Ling Ling. Hey. So me, y'all already know what I'm sipping on. I'm sipping on Tito's. Yeah, we good. We good. hey man, don't worry. Take the tag. We got the. We got the. It's okay. Tito's with a splash of orange juice and cranberry juice. Mm-hmm. Okay, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> Hey, with me, I'm on uh, Yang Lang. Yang Lang in the thing. Hey, hey. Yang Lang in the thing. And I got my old king. What's up, Renee? I got my king mug. So it is what it is. Okay. So we got a few people tuned in, mm-hmm. right? So good good evening, sippers. Renee. Uh, who else we got on the line? We got Henry. We got Bobby. David Taylor, oh Lord. D ma'am. That's the um No. He no that's not uh that's not eat him up, no. Oh okay. <laughs> I don't why do I confuse him with the uh, other guy? Because you know, we all know Are each they other. named David? No, his name I call him Blade, but his Blade. real name is Corey. Corey, okay. No Sorry. Other. Um just checking. It was my bad. All right, I was just making sure I, I properly uh, said hello to all of our people that's tuning in. We always want to give thanks to you all because it's you that help us be great. You know, come on. We try to come up with different topics. And it's mainly because we want to make sure we, you know what I'm saying, we're giving the people what they want. Oh, and give them what they want. Yeah. See? I knew I would have him going when it when I started doing little little, oh, little school. music stuff. Oh. Kimberly, Kimberly, thank you for tuning in. So let me ask you a question. I'm here. I'm here for it. How important is credit to you? Well, when I was younger, credit went shit. <laughs> credit went shit when I was younger. So I was spin, 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 and be like, I'm out. Yeah. I think that was a common mistake. That was a common mistake for a lot of us growing up. One, keep it real, African Americans, we were not taught about saving no money. You sure wouldn't. Well, you were taught about saving money, but not in the form of long term, you know, for that. Because Grandma them always had money in, in her pocketbook <laughs> and in the mattress. Ooh. But it was never in a bank where it would actually create long-term wealth. And, I mean, it's not bad, it's not good, but it, then, but at the same time, now, it's real, real bad. 
And so, and, and I'm saying that because we didn't learn that in school. We didn't, all we did, we got out here in the, in the streets and we were like, ah, they gave me a credit card, be like, get busy. You know what I'm saying? And then here you are, 18 years old, damn near, ain't got a job. Some more glass. You might actually be working part-time somewhere, trying to really find your way, but you ain't really got no money to be talking about paying somebody back with this 24% uh, annual, what is it, APR, annual percentage rate. Mm. I think I said it right. APR. Right? So you don't know twenty four percent is about to jam you up. About to bim you. You don't know that because you ain't got no credit. You ain't, you know credit is important. You know what I'm saying? But we weren't educated on the levels of that. Right, right. And then we get into relationships, jacking it all the way up, cause. My credit ain't right. His credit ain't right. Just look up. Credit was, ain't nothing. All we're going to do, we're going to work, and we're going to go buy what we want, and we're just going to work and go buy what we want. We're going to buy what we want even when we can't afford what we what we want, okay? We're going to go get the cash advance loan. We're going to go borrow money that we ain't going to be able to pay back because <laughs> we ain't got no money Man. already, but we're about to go get some more money. You're right. But then you doing all that, you ain't got no life insurance. <laughs> you around here selling dentals, you know. Hey, I'm sorry, this is reality. You got to sell dentals, car washes, and all of that just to bury your child. And furniture. And, and yeah, <laughs> and furniture. <laughs> I mean, you got, but you know, you do so much, right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? We doing all this, but you know, you got badass kids mm-hmm. that's probably gonna be. Doing some bad ass shit. Let's just mm. keep it real. All right. But then at the same time, we're not prepared. Definitely not. Prepared. But then you going on these excursions. You know, you're doing your girl trips. Yeah. You're doing all this. You right here. Going to root Chris at 21. All of at 21. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just be doing the most. I mean, and not, not, it would be one thing if you were doing mm-hmm. this when you was 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll let you be ignorant. Okay. Oop. Ignorant. I'll let you be stupid. I'll let you be dumb. I'll let you be all of that. But when you become 40, 40, 40 and you still maintaining the same behavior that you were doing when you was 18 and 19, mm. throw the whole person away. What? Huh? Throw the whole person away. Well, can I slide in there, baby? Get it, baby. I didn't realize credit was good. Until my mama start cussing me out on the phone, talking about, you better come get your mail. Because I send them all to my mama's house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> every, every last creditor calling my mama. They still call them right now, but it is what it is. I we all say, use our mamas. It sure I is still this. send stuff to my mama's house. <laughs> <laughs> I've been at my mama's a long time. Okay. And she, but she's the, she is the constant. She ain't going nowhere. Me, I be like a free bird. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing better. So, without so further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our guest for the evening, Mr. Eric. The winner. <laughs> they, oh, you the winner. It's in the car. It's in the winner back. <laughs> it's in the car. Winners win. Winners win every time. All you right. Thank he y'all. he Thank he, y'all. he also was a part of this Les Vibe Battle of the Sexes. Oh. 
And uh, we brought home the gold. You didn't. I brought home the gold, baby. You brought home the gold. What's wrong? Hey, hey, one for all. You oh, danced man. the whole. Oh, so now all the men is one now. That's it, what we talking. We about. had to come together. It was men versus women. <laughs> Some men versus the women. No, we had to come together in our time. They can't take an L, man. They can't, they can't take, take an L. L. Before we get started with um, our special guests, I want to give a special shout out to all of our Instagram viewers. Hello, thank you for tuning in. What you sipping on? Thank you, mm-hmm. Anchor uh, F.FM. Everybody that listened to us on our podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you tuning in every week, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and catching us. Even if you have to catch us on the recap, always appreciate it. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But so I said all of that about the credit and the lack of understanding and so forth. So this show is totally different. Now, we might have a few cuss words and a little no shenanigans. No it might be sex because, hey, if you ain't... No romance with no finance. Oh, no romance with no finance. Okay. So, I mean, I guess that's about as far as it's going to go, right? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. But we have our special guest here. He's going to take a moment to tell you who he is and what he does. And it ties into what we were kind of talking about. Right. Okay. So, tell the people what they want. Uh, Who are you? I'm Eric Bass. (laughs) Um, so no, um, and I'm a financial consultant slash insurance agent slash advisor. Okay. And now right now I'm currently, I'm independent, but I'm currently under nest egg financial who, uh, we do debt consolidation and retirement. Mm-hmm. So that's what's up. I do a little bit of a little, a big, big portion of financial services. What made you get into this? Uh, I like money. I like finance. You know, before this, I was selling cars and that was 24-7, 365. You know, mm. car, holidays come, there's a car sale. Weekends come, there's a car sale. You wake up in the sunshine and there's a car sale. So it just got old real quick after mm-hmm. about four years, a little over four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need, I just one day just got up and walked out the dealership and never looked back. And it just automatically just kind of clicked that I wanted to do get into insurance before I got in the car sale. So I decided to just go ahead and try my hand at the insurance. That was like two little over two years ago now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what's up, man. But I mean, the same hustle applies with selling cars. You got to give them what the pe- what they need. You got to find out what they need. How can they afford it? What's the best thing for them, right? So they can ride off with a nice shiny car. So right. now you you use that same methodology to for the insurance and other things. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's the same. The hustle's the same in all sales jobs. You know, yeah. it, no matter if you're selling cell phones, cars, insurance, clothes, it's the same hustle. When someone comes in, you're just trying to get them what they want. It just the, the difference is: are you a salesperson or are you a consultant? Mm-hmm. You okay. know, a consultant is going to build clientele. A salesperson is going to have customers. Customers is a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Okay. I take your money and you're gone. Okay. A consultant is going to be there and, and, and work with you throughout the, the process, and they'll be there after the process. So mm-hmm. when you look to get something else, you call a consultant, not a salesperson. 
Understood. Nice. That's different. That's interesting to you know to associate a consultant versus an actual sales. You know, because I mean, one one does they they kind of correlate, but one is more specialized versus this is just like your job versus your career. Right. Right. It's, it's, okay. It's, it's, it, there's a there, there's a slight difference in how they handle you. You know, if you ever yeah. went into a, a a clothing store and you had that that sales guy who was just trying to push. A shirt on you uh, or something on you, you can you can tell it's like he must be getting mm-hmm. something special if they sell this mm-hmm. or something <laughs> right, versus right. someone who's trying to find out what do you like, what colors look good on you, what mm-hmm. what how's it fit, yeah, does, right. does feel right to you. Right. You know, you got a, a sales consultant and then you got a salesperson. Makes sense. Okay, so before he finish up a little bit more, anybody that come in um, today. Our topic is about financial freedom, financial independence, okay? Uh, I know it's a total change, but see, that's the purpose of this platform that we have is that we can bring you all a plethora of topics. And this is a big one because, hey, we grown and we try, you just experience the government shutdown, you know, you could lose your job. Like I was saying about deaths in the family, he was just saying his aunt passed away, and you know you got mm-hmm. babies born, marriages, and all the all the above. And so a lot of what we're going to be discussing tonight is extremely important. And we want because we have this platform, we are trying to bring the awareness to you all and give you a point of contact. <laughs> <laughs> Point of contact. Okay. <laughs> so at least you have a avenue. If you didn't know, now you will know. Anybody that's tuning in, if you have questions, you can drop them in the comments while we're going along. Um, we're going to be going over some questions that were already asked. Right. And uh, tell us what you're sipping on, where, you, uh, where you're where you from, if you're new to the show. All right? All right. What you got, Buddha? Well, I don't have much. Okay. I just have love. You got love? <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Consultant. That was a very interesting. Uh, actually, prolific. I mean, it's really good that you broke down the differences between consultant mm-hmm. and salesman. So let's get right into it. When you um, talk about financial freedom, you said allow self-insurance to against the cost. I got paper right here, baby. I was moving my pen. I got my paper right here. I actually, she actually did a good job <laughs> of giving me some. What is financial freedom based on the definition? Based on the definition, it's allowed to be self-assured against the cost of unexpected expenses and lifestyle upgrades. Uh, self-independence is allowing to be self-insured against financial cap. Catastrophic catastrophes <laughs> in which death, debi- disability, save savings, you those monthly, monthly premiums. premiums. All yeah. right. So with the way those definitions were, just just some stuff I was just kind of researching, trying to you know make sure at least I was along the lines of what you may mention and give the viewers a little bit of you know insight in your terms in your world. How does what what would you say financial freedom is? Um, financial freedom just depend really it depends on the individual. Okay. Um, everybody has their own definition of financial freedom. Financial mm-hmm. freedom for some people means that they're just living debt free mm-hmm. because, in all honesty, debt is what ties us down. 
It's the reason we go to work. It's the reason we try to make money and we hustle. Um, so financial freedom to me, it means the freedom to do what I want when I want mm -hmm. because I'm free to do that. It's like being able to go into a store and make a big purchase and not have buyer's remorse mm -hmm. okay. because you got the freedom to do that financially. Uh, as far as the financial independence, that just means that you don't have to count on anybody. To me, it means you don't have to count on anybody else for mm -hmm. finances. You've gotten yourself aligned financially in a place where even if you lose your job, you're not hurting. Mm -hmm. Even if you uh, something major happens and you have to pay out money, you still don't miss a beat. You know, it just, I, hey, I got, I'm independent financially. Mm -hmm. I don't need to count on going to the bank to get a loan because mm -hmm. my roof got damaged. I don't need to go uh, borrow, get a payday loan because my car broke down. Right. I got financial independence. So to me, those are what those terms are. Again, they, they kind of vary per individual. Yeah. Okay. So it means different for everyone. Makes sense. Makes sense. I know one of the big things for me with about maybe about almost four years ago, it was really like, let's be serious about my credit, you know, and what I, I don't really own, you know, anything, but with the debt that I have, how can I fine tune it? You know, the little meticulous little things, you know, that actually $10 here, $20 there makes a big difference over the course of a month. You know, you know, you don't miss it because you're saying, oh, it's $10. But when you add them all up collectively, you're talking about $200. So now you're looking at $200 versus $10. It does make a difference. And I just wanted to, for me... I didn't want to continue having the excuse that I was a single parent, you know, this, that, and the third, you know. I, my older two kids are adults now, you know, and I have a child that's 16. So, okay, so now it's really time for me to, like, it just got real that if I don't make a decision on getting myself together now, it's not going to happen. You know, I can't just keep living that. Okay, day well, just that yeah, that day-to-day -day lifestyle, it was like, you got to get serious. And so I started just being consistent with making sure I paid my credit card on time. I did a little homework, you know, and we talked. I know you and I, we talked just different ways just to try to get things in a little so it can be maintained. But boy, <laughs> but you know, you're thinking... I'm telling you, this is almost four years ago when I started, but we're talking about, I've I'm, I'm been an adult, you know, technically had my first kid and then became a real adult at legal age of, let's just say, 21. And here I am, 42. That's a, lot of That's a long lot of times that, you know what I'm saying? So, but I ain't got 20 years to be trying to get this thing right. So... Some of the questions were really interesting. Um, I'm going to just bounce a few back and forth, and you may be able to um, yeah, I can follow, with you. follow with me and see uh, what. Some of them were similar, so mm -hmm. that was good that as adults, definitely, um, they we all thinking the same thing, right. you know, so right. that's great. Uh, well, before I get into what I have, let's listen. Let's go with one of the viewers. 
So one of the viewers said, can you explain credit repair or is such a way to repair credit? I was a victim on several credit repair companies who I paid more than my actual debt. Did I say that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the arena of uh, uh, debt and credit repair, um, there, there, there's certain terms that you got to understand and you got to know the difference between them. Okay. When someone says credit repair, that basically means they're trying to boost their credit score. It not, don't necessarily mean that they're trying to reduce their debt. They're just trying to find a way to get their score right. higher. Okay. Um, and there are companies out there that offer that service. And the truth behind the matter is they're literally just click, click and dispute at the credit bureau on all your accounts. Hmm. Um, that's something that, and in this whole arena, you could do it yourself. Mm -hmm. You really can. But do you have the time and will you put forth the same amount of effort that the companies will do? Because they do that for a, a, living. a living versus you who are doing it in your spare time. You can't stay on top of things. But as far as credit repair, that just means that you're trying to repair your credit score, get it raised up. Mm -hmm. um, they simply click and dispute. And the way that it's supposed to work is uh, they click dispute and then you contact that creditor. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you buy something from someone, you have a creditor, that creditor, you don't pay that creditor. That creditor then tries to collect. Right. They make attempts to collect when they can't collect. They sell that account to a collections bureau. Mm. Those are the people that's calling. Those are your bill collectors at that point. Mm. Now they're calling you every day, all day, trying to collect. If for some reason they can't get it, they will sell that account to a different collections bureau. Mm. And it can just get passed on and on and on between multiple collections bureaus. When you when a credit repair company comes in, what they're trying to do is click dispute. And then they're contacting that collection agency and they're just trying to identify and validate mm -hmm. that account, that, that that amount owed, that debt mm -hmm. is yours. Mm -hmm. There are certain questions they ask. They'll, they'll say, oh, well, when was the um, the purchase made? Where was it made? What was it? Do you have, do you, was there a signature involved? Can you tell me who was the original creditor? Mm -hmm. If it's passed between collection bureaus so far and so many, the bureau that's holding it, that, that collections bureau that's holding it, they can't answer those questions. In which case, that company will say, this isn't a valid debt. It needs to be wiped out. And it will wipe out and come off your credit and you are good. The problem with that is if they can't answer those questions, you owe that money. So when you are looking at companies who do this, and there's a very big one, um, Lexington Law. A lot of people heard of it. A lot of people use it. Mm -hmm. Very small monthly payment. It's a group of attorneys. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do all day. They're just disputing, disputing, disputing. Mm -hmm. They're sending out paperwork, asking the questions. If it doesn't, if the collections company can't do it, it's off your credit. The problem is if they can, it goes back on. And it drives your score back down because once everything is in dispute status, it allows your credit score to go up. But it will come back down and you still will owe that debt. Um, 
for me, what we do, we do more. We do that also, but we also do debt settlement. Um, for most people, debt settlement should be the best option. Mm-hmm. Because what that does is it consolidates your debt. They take whatever their companies are saying you owe, they consolidate that down. Mm-hmm. When it's consolidated, they then call these companies. They, they t- have you do what's called a strategic default. That means you stop paying the creditors. Straight up, just stop paying them. Mm-hmm. Take that money and put it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. They then contact these companies. And what they, they do with these companies is negotiate the interest rates. Try to get them down to as low as some of them are as low as 0%. Mm-hmm. Negotiate fees, like late fees mm-hmm. and all these types of fees out. Mm-hmm. And then negotiate on that principal balance that you actually owe. Once it's all negotiated down, that company then says, okay, um, Mr. Jones owed us $1,000. We would take a $400 settlement. Like I said, this is something you could do yourself. Mm -hmm. But the key to that is when they offer that settlement, you got to have the cash up front to pay in that lump sum. So if you owe $10,000 in debt and all of us says $6,000 pays it off, you got to have $6,000 to write out to pay off your creditors. If mm-hmm. you don't, they won't accept a payment plan. Mm-hmm. The companies kind of front you that money and they take care of that debt. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is you've been paying them a monthly payment mm-hmm. that's in, basically in an escrow. Right. So that when... It's like in the chain you, Right, right. Yeah. So when they say, hey, this debt can be settled with this amount, they just pull from that fund that you've been putting aside in that, mm-hmm. that account. Okay. And pays it out. Okay. So debt settlement works a little better than debt repair. Well, credit repair. Credit repair is faster. You see results faster, but they may not be lasting results. Companies, uh, I know one of the questions were, and she kind of uh, asked about it too, or that, that, that he, Russell. He, uh-huh. Russell. I'm sorry, Russell. Charging to my eyes, not to my heart. Um, <laughs> um, you just kind of got to be careful with the companies you choose. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones out there, and there's a lot of bad ones. The, there are a couple of things you can look for to identify if that company's legit, such as um, whatever number they called you from. When you get off the phone, hang up and call it back. Mm-hmm. See if that actually rings somewhere. But does it say can't accept incoming calls? Is this go to like just a doo-doo-doo, that little... Yeah, disconnected sound. Mm-hmm. Um, if a company is asking for an upfront payment, be leery of that because that that that's a kind of a sign that they're just trying to grab some money and run. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as uh, make sure you have a contract. If a company's not willing to give you a contract mm-hmm. of what they're going to do, what services they're going to provide in writing to you, mm-hmm. be leery of it. So those are kind of what. You know, I suggest and what the Consumer Protection Agency has also suggested about that. Okay, so that kind of actually, let me see, one of the questions. Oh, uh, sorry. All right, so I'm just going on. We have a few questions over here, so I'm just making sure I'm not kind of repeating too many things. Um, Is it one? Is it better to clean your credit? Yeah, that. Well, yeah, is it? Yeah, that was kind of one of those things. Uh, is it better, better to, to clean, clean your credit, credit yourself or, or pay someone, someone else? Again, that kind of depends on if you got the time and can put forth the effort because you will be on the phone a lot. 
You know, I'm not gonna. You, you're gonna be on the phone all day with these companies because the first thing they're gonna do for the first thirty days is try to force you to pay what they say you owe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, and and it's interesting why you guys look through that. That you were talking about how um, as African American people, we didn't learn about how important our credit is mm-hmm. as kids, and it's not taught to us. Um, there's a big story on in CNN, CNN uh, maybe a couple of years ago that talked about how uh, white Americans and black Americans, middle classes, have such a gap in wealth. Right. And one of the biggest reasons for that gap is the, the education of how credit works and what it means and how important it is to us, as well as, you know, the black community was preyed upon by banks and lenders with subprime lending, mm-hmm. um, and how and they were talking about how to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways they were saying was, you know, get yourself out of debt and life insurance because mm-hmm. leaving a legacy mm-hmm. slash you know something there for your for your your kids to do more than just bury you with. Right. right. Because a lot of people think. When someone die, they debt dies, but not necessarily. Your debt doesn't die with you. Unfortunately, debt can it will go on and it be passed down to your heirs and they have to do something about it. Right, man. And um just to add to that is, you know, we was asking questions, how do we change the narrative? Well, yeah. it's things like what we're doing right now. Yeah. Right? Just educating ourselves, that's how we change the narrative. Yeah. You know, it ain't it might not be for us, but it might be for our children might be right. It's always for your for me. I have grandkids, Mm. right? So I'm like thinking my grandbabies. And I think what you back to what you were saying, how that, that, that wealth, Mm -hmm. they were doing things for their great grandchildren, not just their grandchildren. They were going beyond because that's how you seal the deal. Ultimately, you know, if they got something 40, 50 years from now, that the money's still living. That's why we always go, oh, you got to you, you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Well, technically they did because money's well, however it was sacrificed, however it came about. Somebody was making sure that they were straight, you know, and they dead and gone. So I want to be that person for my great grandchildren, and I'm, you know, and I hope everybody that's tuning in tonight feel the same way. Right. So um, with what you were saying, um, leading into that, one of the questions, um, where did it go? Uh, we talked about kind of like how, who do you trust, you know, and who was reliable. So we kind of mentioned a little bit of that, you know, especially when you're seeking out advisors and consultants and mm-hmm. things like that. So that kind of worked into that, but. How do you get out of debt and stay out of debt? Is that really such a thing? Yes and no. Um, unfortunately, you're going to always owe somebody. If it's just your light bill mm-hmm. or buying a car. So you're always going to owe someone, even if it's just your utilities. But not including that, yes, you can get out of debt and stay out of debt. And that goes back to just understanding how credit works and how to not accumulate it. Um, most people don't even understand like the credit score. Yeah. Like, do you actually understand how your score is determined? Mm-mm. The factors in it. Mm-mm. There's five factors in determining your your FICO score. Okay. Um, ten percent of your FICO score is new credit, new accounts. 
10% of your uh, FICO score is types of accounts, type credit cards, charge cards, mm -hmm. loans, things of that nature. 15% is actually your credit history. 30% um, is your utilization factor. How much you use? Amount owed. Mm -hmm. I.e., if you have a credit card that has a $1,000 limit on it, most of us get into debt because we want to charge up a thousand dollars. Well, to keep your credit score on the upward slope, you need to be only use a uh, three hundred dollars of a thousand dollars. Thirty percent is what's recommended, not more than thirty percent. Mm -hmm. Anything over that starts to hurt right. your utilization factor. Learn about that too. Thirty <laughs> percent of your credit score. The biggest other biggest part of the credit score is 35% of it is your payment history. Are you paying your bills on time? Mm -hmm. So in order to stay out of debt, you've got to understand that these are the factors that's going to create debt. Am I paying bills late? Every time you pay a bill late, there's a late charge. Mm -hmm. $30 turns into $35. That's I know it's small, but that's five extra dollars out of your pocket that you got to pay. Mm -hmm. to somebody else. And if you're doing that with every bill, mm -hmm. it can get expensive. Um, the problem also comes into spending more than what we actually can afford to spend. I recommend to everyone, all of my clients, to make a budget. But ideally, you also got to know the difference between having a budget and having a financial plan. Because a lot of people confuse having a budget with a financial plan. They'll say, oh, I got a budget. Great, you have a budget. Mm -hmm. A budget is simply an outline of your income and expenses. Mm -hmm. It's what you're bringing in and what you're paying out. And most people don't even create a budget the right way to see if they're going in debt or not. They'll just they'll say, oh, this is, this is the money I bring home. Well, are you including the money that went out into your 401k? Are you including everything? Are you including the money you dropped off at the bank? Take your total income, everything. Are you including the money that you make selling dinners on the weekend or whatever your little side hustle is? Take all that. That's your actual income. Mm -hmm. And then take everything you spend on, yeah. even your miscellaneous spending. Miscellaneous yeah. spending is single-handedly one of the biggest contributors <laughs> to debt. Yeah. Because yeah. We, we automatically count our bills, the more rent, the uh, car note, Insurance, gas, water. We count that stuff. Yeah, the main but thing. The main things. But those miscellaneous spendings. Your haircuts. Your haircuts. Your nails getting done. Going out to eat every day at lunch. Gotta going out that to drink. eat every weekend. Gotta have that drink. You need your adult <laughs> beverages. You need all that. When you have that. When you have that. When you So when you make that budget, you got to put all that stuff in. Mm -hmm. And... You will see if your debt to income ratio is right. Mm -hmm. If it's not right, meaning that you're borderline spending everything you got, you know you're going in debt because somewhere something's going to start coming up short if it hasn't already shown itself to be short. That's when you got to stop and you start seeing what can you cut out. Can mm -hmm. I cut out um, some of my miscellaneous spending? Do I have to go out and eat? A meal that costs sixty dollars, or can I get by with a fifteen dollar meal? Do I have to get my nail, my hair done every week, or can I get by with going every three weeks or once a month? Mm -hmm. You know, just cutting that cost. We get into that mind frame of trying to imp 
I, I, I always say this to some people. I don't say it to everybody, but I say it to some people. <laughs> we get carried away as broke people trying to impress broke people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, To be real, that's what we do. We get carried away as broke people trying to impress other broke people. Why? If I work with you and I bring home $40,000, you probably bring home around $40,000, but I'm too busy trying to wear Gucci, Prada, you know, have real diamonds on this and this and Jordans. I got a closet full of Jordans to impress you. Well, you're not living no better than me. You can't afford no other apartment, no better apartment than I can afford. You can't afford more better clothes than I can afford. Yeah. So I'm trying. I'm out. I'm, I'm spending more than I need to spend trying to impress somebody who can't do no better than me. All right. And yeah. it's funny that you say that because one of the what should a person be willing to sacrifice? And that's basically your sixty dollar meal for a fifteen dollar meal, or go buy your groceries. And then you can pack you some breakfast, pack your lunch, pack it down. You cook right. the stuff, right. and it'll stretch. Then on Friday, you can maybe go out and spend. Now you can spend them $60 or $40, you know what I'm saying? But you don't want to do that every week. You want to do that, like, every two weeks. Two weeks. So before you go on, one of the comments, uh, people said, um, I have never had a credit card. All of my debt is from old cable bills. My credit score is not the worst, but it's not the best either. Um, then they say, should I get a credit card to raise my credit? Yes. You want to have some kind of open line of credit at all time just to keep your score going, just to keep it. Again, you got to remember those factors, credit history, new credit, types of credit, and amount owed. Just make sure that you're not overutilizing a new credit card. Mm-hmm. Also, pay off your debt. One of the reasons we are broke is because we're in debt. Mm-hmm. Pay off your debt. Pay those cable companies. Do a debt settlement. Call me. Let's do a debt settlement. You don't have to pay it all. You know right. that that's the that's the the beauty in the 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 the, the process. Mm-hmm. I can literally owe ten thousand dollars in debt and get away with paying just over six thousand dollars back. Saves wow. you four thousand dollars in principal. Balance, oh, as well as all the interest that's going to be charged. Mm-hmm. You can literally get away with doing that, but you got to pay it off. You got to get yourself out of debt. People say, how can I save more money? Get out of debt. As long as you're in debt, you really, truly are not saving because you owe somebody. So when you talk about getting out of debt, because like you say, you, there's ne- it's like a catch-22. You're never really out of debt, Right. Ultimately, because you're going to as long as you living and breathing, you got you're going to owe something. So when we talk about debt specifically, we're more importantly, I guess we're talking about maybe credit debt. Debt and debt is credit debt, any debt, any debt is anything that you owe someone. Okay, that's debt. So if it's credit card fix, that would be fixed. Like, you know, the living expenses, those going to be fixed. Living expenses are fixed unless until you own your own home. Based on usage. Even when you own your home, you still got to pay taxes on it, the land, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's still property taxes that you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. Right, Even if right. you own it, there's a little tax. So it, it, that's that's debt, but that's not hindering you from doing anything. Right, right, right. Um. So, and, and, and utilities is debt, but it's not debt. Because right. you got to pay for your lights no matter what happens. It's cost of living. It's cost of living. Debt is 
owing somebody. Owing, okay. When you owe someone, you go to the store and purchase something, now you got to make a payment on it. You're in debt until you pay it off. Okay. Get out of debt. Stop owing everybody. Right. Because it's people... And, Lord, please, y'all stop getting them payday loans. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. It is. And, and in my line of work, I, I always knew the payday loans was out there. But in my line of work, I never knew how how predatory they were and how much of a cycle it creates. Because you go to Amscar or CashNet or whoever, Joe Blow, payday advance, and they loan you $500. And I'm just speaking from actually seeing this. If you take out a loan for $500, these people take your bank account number. Because mm-hmm. you got to give it to them to mm-hmm. get the loan. And they're, get, they're taking $300 a pay period back for a year or 18 months. You're paying back $3,600 on a $500 loan. They are charging literally two, three, four. So I've seen them as high as 700% interest. When you are that short out of your paycheck, the rest of your bills become short. The first thing you do is go to another payday loan company mm-hmm. and take out another payday loan because you're trying to make up the difference. It turns into that vicious cycle. Okay. Yes, I settle payday loans too. So you don't have to do that. All right. So they, he talked a little bit about the credit card consolidation, but he'll leave your, his information um, at the end so that you'll be able to reach him because he does take care of. That's one of the little areas that he uh, specializes in. I know one thing. If y'all owe me, I'm calling them people on you. <laughs> <laughs> Play card. Hey, 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 how you weigh? I'm telling you. I'm calling people on you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I might be that man that's going to get I'm going to bounce around a little bit so we can at least cover quite a, you know, several of the, 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 the main lines that was asked. Um, investment. Um, there were, they talk, A couple people asked about investment um, money management apps for the phone. Are you aware of any? There are some. Uh, there's a plan. There's a, there's a lot of them out there. Um I personally have only used like one or two and I only just briefly used it because I was told about it. Um, but from my understanding, talking to a couple other people that's in the business, advisors and things, and there are a lot of them out there. It just depends on what you're trying to get out of the app. Um, a couple of them that I wrote down that are pretty good is Acorns. Robinhood is supposed to be one of the best out there. Um, personal capital, mint.com, good budget, and spendy. I've only used Robinhood and Acorns, so I can't personally speak how good the other ones are. But again, just from speaking with other advisors and other financial professionals, okay, I've under, I'm to understand those are some good ones. Okay. Um, another one is. Practical first steps, investment, money management. Well, that was money management. So what would you, for a beginner that's trying to, I guess, get into that stock market world, what should they look for? You know, or what should they be looking start at? Start slow. Start slow. Start start slow. Don't just jump out there. Don't read an article and then go out and, 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 and jump out there and, and invest your life savings because you may lose it okay. overnight. So... Um, when you say start slow, 
Um, is there any particular small investments? Small investments. Um, what's a, take, a, a what's a, an example of a name that would be considered a small investment? Right. I guess. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily come down to names okay. like okay. stocks because I, I can't tell. You, I, I'm not. I never tell anybody what stocks to invest right. in or right. what. Right. 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 Things to invest in mm-hmm. because if I tell you to invest in um, ABC Technology today, mm-hmm. Friday ABC Technology may be merging with XYZ Technology. Mm-hmm. ABC Tech mm-hmm. uh, Technology stock may plummet. Right, uh, be up there maybe a cycle right. or something. No, that so makes I, sense. I don't do that. But what I can tell you, start with small investments. Things such as um, a twenty-five, uh, a a five hundred dollar investment. I know I, I remember being in a financial group. Or someone said it's five hundred dollars too small to invest. It's not. You could take five hundred dollars and invest in something like ETFs, which is called exchange traded funds. They have lower fees and they're similar to mutual funds. Okay. And you can invest in those. Um, a drip, which is a dividend reinvestment plan. Very good because basically what you're doing is taking a small amount of money, buying a share of stock in a company, and then the dividends, which is the money, the profit made off your investment, Mm -hmm. those dividends are automatically used to purchase more stock for you in that company. So those are just a couple of things that smaller investments, um, someone had asked What's the what, what's the smallest investment I could use to invest in? This was a client, and mm-hmm. she's like, I, I I got like twenty five dollars a check. Can I invest that in something? Yes and no. You can take twenty five dollars as an investment, and I recommend doing other things with it. But you can take it as an investment and put it into a savings account because a savings account is a form of investment because you can make interest off it. You just don't make a lot. Right. There's not a lot, of, not lot, not a lot of yield to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can roll it into a mutual fund. Again, it's only twenty five dollars. It's not going to make you Warren Buffett, right? Or <laughs> contribute it to an IRA mm-hmm. because everything's an investment as long as it's put away for something else. Mm-hmm. I.e., an IRA is a retirement account, but you can. It's an investment also because it's for your future. Mm-hmm. Um, just make sure that that twenty five dollars is worthwhile as it's, it's worthwhile as long as the investment and the profit outweigh any fees that you will have to be assessed. Because right. you know when you go to an advisor, they're not gonna give you the info. A lot of the information that I'm giving you right now for free, they're not gonna do it. You're gonna you're gonna sit down with them and pay seventy five dollars a visit mm-hmm. or one hundred and fifty dollars a visit. Mm-hmm. So that's one way of making an investment um, with, with small amounts. Now, I always tell people, if all you got is like $50 or $25, take that money and actually pay off your debt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Add it to one of your bills that you're paying. Mm-hmm. Take your debt level down because that creates money. That, cre- that creates cash flow. Mm-hmm. Right. Which allows you to take, instead of trying to put $25 into an investment, it allows you to pay off an account that was $3,000 a little faster, pay a little less in interest, and now you take the money that you was paying that $60 of a minimum payment that you was paying monthly, take $60 plus your $25, all of a sudden you got $85 to invest. Mm. 
it, it just creates a, a flow of cash that's going to be put aside for that investment. Hmm. Interesting thought. So Hold on. Before you go to the next one, I want to touch on a couple of the viewers' uh, comments so that we won't miss um, their uh, contribution. Uh, she asked, what is a FICO, what is a good FICO, FICO score? And then um, another person said, are online banks uh, still paying good returns? Okay. Uh, as far as FICO goes, uh, anything over... 680, if I'm not mistaken, is actually anything over 720 is considered good. Between 620 and 7 is fair. Fair. And anything below that, you're kind of you're flirting with. Anything below a 600, basically, is, 620 is flirting with a a uh, a bad credit score. Now. With that said, uh, you again, you got to understand how your credit works mm -hmm. and understand that FICO isn't. I mean, does it? Did you know what FICO even stands for? Mm -mm. It's called Fair. It stands for Fair Isaac Corporation. Your FICO score is actually coming from a private company. A lot of people, most people, don't know that. You know, no. FICO stands for Fair Isaac Corporation. It comes from a, a private company, just like the Better Business Bureau. It's a private company. You can actually people can pay money into it and Well, how do we invest in that? <laughs> Just saying. Let's be a part of the Better Business right. Bureau FICO. So yeah, uh so a good FICO score, you want to be above seven twenty. Um, but don't get twisted twisted. Six twenty can get you a home loan. Yeah. A six twenty score. So I, I I recommend anybody if you got the lowest 620, you just put in that work. Mm -hmm. If you're above 620 but not at a 700, you're headed in the right direction. And then over 700, you probably pretty much got things going in the right direction. Um, what was the second question we got? I was asked. They was asking, are online banks still paying good returns? I don't know. You got to check the rates. Rates change. Rates change. So many factors and variables determine rates and what the banks are doing. It depends on the market. It depends on rules and regulations. Whatever Trump is doing when he says do this and do that, he wants to take money from here. All that will affect your rates. Um, again, check them. A lot of times, online banks do have a little better rate than these brick-and-mortar banks, but the brick-and-mortar banks are catching up. Okay, so on Instagram, they said you can buy stocks in all three credit companies. Yes, the credit bureaus, you can buy stock in the credit bureaus. Is that a smart idea? They're not going anywhere. <laughs> so I, guess I don't know smart. what the return is on the credit bureau stock. And honestly, you're only going to be buying point zero 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 one percent But you can buy it. You can buy it. Okay. But And I don't know what that return will be. Yeah. I've never advised anybody to buy stock in the credit bureau. Okay. No, because you, you you know you're trying to make a little money, right? At least that's the goal, right? Right. Um, and then she said, uh, "I put," and then I want to want to get to that. That'll be what I I want to hear that. Right. Um, I put two hundred fifty dollars every two weeks into my four hundred one k. Every two weeks after three years, I will be fully vested. So, is this a good a good amount? Four hundred one k's work are funny. Understand how your four hundred one k work. 
get a breakdown from your company. What I can say in general about 401ks is know what your company's matching. Mm-hmm. It's not about the amount that you put in, it's about the percent. If your company only matches when fully vested, 3%, only put 3% in. Till you vested. Something else. Because if you don't, you don't want to be putting in more than what your company's going to match at, at, at on, on, on that percentage. So as far as $250, I don't know what percent that is of your um, income, mm-hmm. of your, your pay. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be good. It could be that you're over paying, paying into your 401k. We got to understand that when you're doing your 401k, I understand that your 401k is what everybody's offered. But you got to diversify your portfolio. You can't just live and, Sorry, no. and only expect to do just what the 401k allows you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your only form of retirement. You're missing the buck. Most of us miss the buck because we plan for retirement too late in life anyway. Mm-hmm. Man, you just said a mouthful just did, bro. <laughs> the you question plan too long, too late. Mm-hmm. Right. The question is always asked, when is a good time to start saving for retirement? The answer is as soon as you start working. At 16, if that's your first job, that's when you start planning for Again, retirement. we weren't taught that. No, you're not taught that. None of us are taught this stuff. Right. We got to learn it as through life. Right. If you are 50 and you just not starting for retirement, you are way behind the eight ball. If you're 55, you're way behind. If you're 60... I hope you got an inheritance coming. <laughs> so basically, that's why you got a lot of people out there playing a lot of right now. Bingo. I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of people that say they, they're going to work until I'm 65 and I want to retire. Well, have you been planning for retirement? Yeah, I got my 401k. Perfect example. Um, I had a client that she was uh, making $80,000 a year at her job. Mm-hmm. And in her 401k, she had just over $900,000. And she was 64 years old. And she told me, she said, she said, oh, Eric, I'm about to retire next year. I can't wait. I'm going to retire when I turn 65. And I said, that's great. Other, other than your 401k, what do you have? Oh, I just got my 401k, but I got over $900,000 in it. And I said, okay, so you getting ready to downsize the way you live in then? And she said, no, honey, I'm, I'm good. I said, well, think about this for a minute. You're going to retire at 65 and you have a budget right now that you're living off of $80,000 a year. And if you don't downsize, you're going to live off that $80,000 a year still. And she's like, yeah, well, add that up. Add that up. 80 times 10 is 800. So in 10 years, you've almost been through your entire 401k. You got one year and four months after that. What are you going to do at that point? I guess she ain't planning on living. Right. <laughs> and and, and you laughing, but that was a joke. I said, I guess you're going to die at, seven, at, at, at 76 because that's what you're planning. And she just looked at me and she was dumbfounded. And I said, it's okay because what happens is uh, we're not taught that money has three phases. Mm-hmm. There's a protection phase, an accumulation phase, and a distribution phase. And a good advisor would allow, will help you in all three phases. A lot of advisors only help you in the one that's most important to you. And for everybody, most people, that's the accumulation phase. That's where we're gaining our wealth. That's where we're making our money. That's our hustle. That's where we're trying to make the money work for us. Hmm. But 
if you it's it's like a triangle. If you take one side, the other two are gonna fall. Right. If you don't protect your assets that you're gaining in accumulation that mm-hmm. uh, phase, anything can happen to take away all that accumulation, all that work you've done. Um, that goes back into I think when you had the definition of financial independence that mm-hmm. is against a financial c- catastrophe. We don't realize that our most valuable asset is ourselves. Mm. Protect yourself. Life insurance, disability insurance. What happens if you go to work and something happens and you can't do your job anymore? You can't work anymore. Mm -hmm. How do you pay your bills? How do you stay in your house? How do you support your kids? Mm -hmm. Get Get these items. Get these products. They're not there for fun. What happens if you have a stroke and you can't work? I've seen people be down from a for from a stroke for a few months, and I've seen people be down for years, never recover, and never recover. Disability insurance protect the most valuable asset. That's you, your ability to make a living and support yourself. These are the things that we got to think about when we are talking about retiring. When we're talking about um, money. That's that protection phase, that accumulation phase. And then also think about the distribution phase of money. When I retire and I don't have that stream of income, how do I make sure that I have enough retirement to last Mm -hmm. until the day I'm gone? Because, you know, some of us plan on being here till we 90 or 100. Do you have enough money in your 401k to live that long? or Or should you have diversified your portfolio? Hmm. Okay. okay. So talk about just one minute. I'm gonna do something. Oh, I, I, I got a question. Uh, I got yeah. a question. Well, so or, I mean, I was reading a post from you like earlier this year, and you said uh, <clears throat> before you go in bankruptcy, go to bankruptcy if you have that. Come holler at me. What exactly did? What were you really trying to say? Most people think bankruptcy something. An answer to, oh, I'm in debt. I owe these people. I'm just filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the person that, and, and I don't want to offend anybody, but it's kind of like the person who uses abortion as birth control. Mm. Okay. Bankruptcy isn't birth control for your finances. Um, I know, and I know one of the questions was what's the pros and cons of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as bankruptcy go, it should be a last resort. It's not something that's just an option. Trust me, nobody wants to file bankruptcy. The laws change. It's not like it was when the wealthy used to do it just to get out of debt. Like Donald Trump used to file bankruptcy and flip the script. And he just got rid of all his investors because he filed bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. He's the reason the bankruptcy laws change. Mm. Okay. Because he was flipping. He was flipping it. He'll go out and make investments, promise things. The investors invest. Then when it's time to pay people back, I just file bankruptcy. Y'all don't get paid. Wash my hands of it, and I move on. It's not like that anymore. You got two types of bankruptcy you can file, Chapter 7 and Chapter 13. Mm-hmm. Chapter 7 bankruptcy means that you have absolutely no income. You have no assets. If you have a house, they're taking it, everything. They're taking everything from you, and it takes a couple months. It takes three to six months to do but it wipes and it wipes out your debt, but you are absolutely flat broke. Zero wow. zilch. Chapter 13, which is the most com- more common one, 
Um, it's very expensive. Bankruptcy, because people think I don't have money, I'm going to file bankruptcy. That's it. Bankruptcy costs a lot of money. So it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. And it takes seven to ten years to clear off your credit. Mm-hmm. So that ding that's on your report stays there for a long time. And it's public record. And what that does is when you file bankruptcy, it screams to the whole world, hey, I was financially irresponsible. I can't be trusted with money. So it should be a last option. When I said before you file for bankruptcy, holler at me. That means that let me help you out. Let me put together a debt settlement program or let me get you a debt consolidation loan. Okay. Um, two different things there. You see commercials in these companies on TV that's offering debt consolidation loans. You're consolidating debt in both of them. But with the loan, you're paying off the total amount owed. You're just doing it with getting a loan to cover that consolidated amount. But there's an interest rate on that. For a lot of people, that's digging a deeper hole. The settlement, again, is negotiated down balances and paying a smaller portion of your debt to clear it out completely also. So, yeah, there, there's options you could get to before you think about bankruptcy. Okay. So that got, that kind of goes like you, what you said, what the pros and the cons of the bankruptcy. Okay. Right. Um, let's see, what else? We talked a little bit about um, the budget, doing a budget versus, what was that you said? Uh, having a financial goal. Having a financial planning goal versus a budget. So one of they was asking like how to create a budget, you know, I mean, it's pretty much like you say, taking all of your expenses, miscellaneous, fixed assets, you know, the fixed uh, everything and all of your income and basically see what's going in and going out. Right. Because remember, that's what a budget is. It's just an outline of your income versus your expenses. Expenses. Um, it doesn't take the place of having a financial plan because you got to have a plan. To have a plan, you got to have financial goals. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do financially in your life in one year? What do you want to do in five years? What are you looking to do at retirement? Mm-hmm. How do you want to retire? Do you want to be one of those people that have to go be a Walmart greeter? Or do you want to be one of those people that just travel around the world? Okay. You mm-hmm. know? How I recommend doing a budget, setting financial goals, and then sitting down and putting together a financial plan so that you can reach those goals. But now, would your financial plan be incorporated in your budget? No. No? Remember, a budget is just an outline. It's just me sitting down saying, I make $3,500 a month, and this is what I pay out a month for rent. This is what I pay off my car insurance, my car note, my gas, my my electric, my water, my cell phone, my clothes, my liquor, my hair, my everything. You know, <laughs> this is we that. like adult beverages. <laughs> I'm already that, that is what your budget is. Once but you how do you that, fund your financial plan? Your plan because. The, you got to be putting aside money somewhere, so that means it's coming out of something. But that's what the plan does. The plan okay. is an actions taken to meet your goals. Okay. So what you do first, you set your budget. You see what you got going out, what you got coming in. Then the next thing you need to do is, what are my financial goals? Where do I want to be? Where do I want to put this free money? Um, okay. I want to be laying on a beach in Tahiti 
Mm-hmm. When I retire, I need to know how much that's going to cost. Okay, if that's what I, if that's my goal, now I lay out a financial plan mm-hmm. to get me to that goal, which okay. means that I look at my budget and see where can I cut the cost at on these miscellaneous. Do I have to live over here while I'm paying twelve hundred dollars a rent for rent, or can I live somewhere while I'm paying nine hundred dollars for rent? Okay. Do I have to have the best spectrum cable package and pay two over two hundred dollars a month for cable, or can I get by with paying eighty nine dollars for cable and internet? Mm-hmm. You know, that sets up your plan of action to get to your financial goals. Okay. Is the plan is based off the budget, but the plan isn't the budget. Gotcha. It's two different things. Okay, so term. What you got, baby? No, you good. Oh. keep talking. So is term life insurance or permanent life part of an investment strategy? Yes, it is. Um, but you got to know the difference and know what your policies are doing. Um, most people think of insurance, they just think of insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Thomas, Walt Disney, those are people names that, that people recognize. They started their companies off of money that was from insurance. So insurance. I'm gonna need my family, somebody in my family to die <laughs> and leave me as a beneficiary. Damn, well that's cold, cold, cold blooded. <laughs> that's the reason they don't like leaving insurance. No, um, <laughs> I don't want none of y'all to go nowhere. Term 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 insurance is not really an investment plan because term insurance is uh, pure insurance. That's what it is. It is pure insurance. Is I'm paying this amount for whatever it is that I, amount that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, whole life or cash value insurance can be used as a investment. There are policies out there designed to be an investment. I.e., one of the one of my favorite uh, policies, insurance type policies, is an IUL. Mm-hmm. And especially the one that I offer with Mutual of Omaha, mm-hmm. um, because I over you overfund your insurance policy, which means that if your insurance life insurance policy is a whole life insurance policy, if it's a hundred thousand dollars worth of whole life insurance would normally cost you one hundred twenty dollars a month, we have you pay four hundred dollars a month. That money is then that extra money is then invested on. Not in. There's wordplay there. It's based on the S&P 500. So as the market goes up, it's like you've invested in it and you have gains. But when the market goes down, it levels out so you never lose. And what happens is after you retire... Mm-hmm. You stop paying into this policy. So if you've been paying into this policy $400 a month for the last 20 years, the cash value has gained tremendously because not only are you getting the gains from the investment side, but you're getting a regular cash value that's building in it too. Those that's gains, a whole, poly, whole, whole life. life. Okay. Those then, though, though, that cash value normally exceeds what the policy was in, it, in its mm-hmm. original state. Um, for example, it could be a hundred thousand dollar policy you paid on for twenty eight years. You paid four hundred dollars. Everything went well as as proposed. It could be a million dollars of cash value there. You then get an income of tax free money 
of roughly like sixty thousand sixty thousand dollars a year. To add with that nine hundred thousand that old old girl had. <laughs> for her 401k. No. She would. But the biggest key there is Child brought it, it back. <laughs> the biggest key, the biggest biggest key there is is tax free. Mm-hmm. So it's sixty thousand dollars tax free that you're living off of until you pass away coming out of your cash value. Hmm. People say, why is it tax free? I don't have to pay taxes on it, it's income. Well, you're gonna be taxed on your money one time. So you're buying a policy with tax dollars already because you're it's post tax money that's paying for it, mm-hmm. and you're getting it out tax free now. The be- the other uh, thing with that is taxes only go up. As much as the politicians say we're gonna lower taxes, they never lower. They only go up. Mm. You're paying less in taxes when you're putting the money in now, so you save on taxes putting it, taking it out later. Okay. Later. So that's one of my favorite things and one of the favorite mm-hmm. things I like about insurance because it can be used as an investment too. I'm working real hard so that I can get me that. Might not be $400, but ooh, baby. But my question, well, you got a question from a viewer. So you read the question that um, Stacy is it wise to take hardship loan for home ownership? It, ugh. <laughs> she hit you with that. that. Well, it, that that's a that that's a uh, catch twenty two. If you're taking a hardship loan, then that obviously means you're in a hardship situation. Mm-hmm. So you probably shouldn't be thinking home ownership right now. Why are you taking a hardship loan to have home ownership? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're taking some kind of other specialized loan, maybe you know if it's covering the cost of a home but if it's a it's considered a hardship loan why is it a hardship is it just the name of it or is it a loan because you're actually in a hardship financial buying mm-hmm. so that's something you know you got to think about if i'm in a hardship that i need this loan to get a home or is it just playing the game like take the money that you're in the hardship with to actually i don't tell you, i am on video i did not say that he will not say that. I, I did not say that. <laughs> well, I right, didn't say moving anything. Around, moving along. Uh, we can't ask. So, <laughs> no, move right along. He is not going to lose his license for advising incorrect. My insurance license is good and valid. Look it up, Department of Financial Services. So, that is not... I w- He would not advise okay. you to get a hardship loan because you will be still having to pay it back for a home ownership. You should not be doing that. Yes, a loan is a loan. If it says loan, that means you're borrowing. They expect you to pay that money back. So... And that's debt. debt. Exactly. Good debt, buying a home. Bad debt, buying a home when you can't afford one. With a hardship So my question, my question to you, man, is you know, most black people shun, look away from, don't really understand life insurance. You know, the pros and the cons of life insurance. So I would say, you know, because most of our viewers are our age, right? Right. Why is it important 
in your opinion, we should have this. We should look into investing in these things. Okay. Um, first, I'm tired of saying y'all do GoFundMe's. I'm tired of y'all selling chicken dinners. I'm tired of y'all going to everybody's house with a little bucket. So I'm like, give to this person, that person. Okay. Um, but to be honest, life insurance is not for you. You don't buy, nobody buys life insurance for themselves. They buy it for their loved ones. They buy it for that person that's on that front pew that's crying, that's going to miss them because they're gone. Mm. It is a way of leaving an inheritance and a legacy behind. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many people, and I saw across the table from so many people who say, well, I ain't making nobody else rich. They can work for it. Why? Why? Why are we scared to make our kids rich and our grandkids rich? Plus, $100,000 don't make you rich. That shit old, don't. A million dollars don't make you rich. They're going to spend that anyway. But I'm frivolous. We, we, we ask for life insurance, and I, for one, don't write life insurance policies under $20,000 anymore because I tell people the average funeral in the Orlando area, the Central Florida area, costs twelve dollars to $15,000. If you have your, your $12,000 funeral and you pay that out, and you've only got a $15,000 policy, you left your family $3,000. They're going to have to pay a couple of bills that you're leaving behind. Somebody got you. You went to Badcock and got their furniture. <laughs> you owe them. I guess you're going to be selling that furniture. Yeah, <laughs> selling it. You know, so exactly. we can't get scared of life insurance. Um, Stop thinking $100,000 is a lot because it's right. not. Mm-hmm. Think of this. If I, I okay, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. If I was to pass away, my 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 kids, my kids, my family are gonna be set. Okay. I value my own life right now at two million dollars. Okay. Before the I'm I'm only forty two. Before I turn fifty, I want to make sure my life is double that value. Mm-hmm. So my insurance policy right now, two million. When I'm done, and, and within the next five to six years, I expect to have myself four million. Because mm-hmm. I, I value myself. I don't know if you only put your value, your life as five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, but I'm more valuable than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we got to help mine up too. We got to, we, we got to get mine up. We, we got to, you know. Yeah. But I'm not telling everybody run out and buy a million dollars worth of insurance. Right. Even right. buy what you can afford. Yes. People like the way out. Well, term cheaper. Term cheaper in the beginning, but it can cost you a lot in the end. Mm-hmm. Because when that term runs out and it's time to re-up that insurance, are you insurable? Right. Well, you gotta do a lot work. of people don't realize, but cancer gets everybody. It don't, it's not something that just smokers get. Mm-hmm. Cancer gets everybody. You can come out with cancer no matter what or what age. Right. If you get cancer, you, almost, you automatically become uninsurable to insurance companies until after... Five to seven years of the cancer being in remission. Heart attacks, strokes, arthritis, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. It's so many factors that determines the price of insurance. So if you are out there going to the Dave Ramsey School of Insurance, where he tells you, (laughs) buy term, invest in the rest, don't buy uh, 
whole life, mm-hmm. fine. Do what Dave tells you to do. But just know, Dave has a whole life insurance policy himself. Just know that when you turn 65 and you done had a heart attack and your term just ran out, that that $60 insurance is going to cost you like $130, $180 now, depending on your health and living life situations. Oh, and they do come to your house and do a full, for real, real physical, like draw your blood. <laughs> we'll draw blood oh, into yeah, the like, just going, They ain't going by words. They no, ain't going. no. They ain't going to draw your blood. We've we seen people lie too much. And <laughs> they are coming. They, before your policy is Run official, this they are actually doing this. So <laughs> it's really what he was saying. You know, why, we, why is it important? Well, first of all, you need to cover yourself, right. you know, um, and while you are in your right frame of mind in a relatively good health where you can get under the radar of, you know, getting in, getting a policy, you might want to do it. Because obviously, uh, well, the body breaks down when you get older. Just, just I, products of the environment. You know what absolutely. I'm saying? I, mean, I, I recommend so um, most people, I recommend to them. Today is the time to buy your whole life insurance policy because the, the policy only gets expense, more expensive as time goes. The younger you are, the healthier you are, the cheaper it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You can get a whole life insurance policy for like 50 bucks, $100,000 for $50 if you're young enough and healthy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that same $100,000 term policy will probably cost you about $18. Yeah. But after 20 years, 18 turns into 36 36 turns into 70, 70 turns into 140, 140 turns into 250, and that 100,000 also shrinks because right. it stops getting offered the older you get. You know, mm-hmm. so, and the term sh- shrinks. Now, a lot of people don't know that. When you're young, you can get a 30 year term. When you get, as you get older, you might only be able to get a 10 year term. Yeah. Mm. So okay. it, it it does it, it 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 pays to get it younger and when you're healthy, so that you are paying a little less amount. Because I've seen term policies that come out to be over three hundred dollars a, a month mm-hmm. because the people have gotten unhealthy and they're they're so old. Mm. And at some point, you can't even get term as you get older. At a certain age, companies just say no. Right. Wow. So basically, what you're saying. And I'm paraphrasing. See, because we grew up in that me, myself, and our gotcha. generation, right? So we need to change the way we think about things because, like you was talking about, whoever, some people that you dealt with, sat across the table with, and they were saying, well, I ain't leaving my family nothing. Well, that's that me, myself, and our generation. Right. You know, that's that me, myself, and I thought process. So, if you love any of your loved ones, your kids, your dog, your dog, shit, they love them. <laughs> your dog, um, your next old neighbor, whoever you fi- whoever you fancy to be in your corner in the end, you right. know, you should think about this. Think mm-hmm. about it. Um, you got kids or grandkids. 
There's nothing like a kid being able to go to college and graduate college debt free. No off student your, loans. Off, because off your grandma and granddaddy was smart enough to leave them enough money to pay for college. Right. Oh, my child dumb. They ain't going to go to college. That's great. Leave them enough money to start their own business. Right. Any right. dummy could start a business. They might be dumb as all I do. They could fry some chicken. <laughs> Leave them enough money to start all the chicken joint. Yeah, you know, it's you. You just gotta out get outside of thinking what you know about the cons of. Oh, I ain't leaving my wife no money, so she go lay up with the next man. Guess oh, what? Man. She gonna lay up with that man if you leave her money or not. <laughs> At least. If you leave them money, your kids don't have right. to move out of the house that you worked hard to buy. That's it. And she loved you while you was living. She loved hey, you. <laughs> you can't get it no more. Let her give it to somebody else, you know? So, you know, insurance, that insurance is it's important because you're trying to protect assets. If nothing else, you work your whole life to gain things like your home and your estate. There are estate taxes that you're going to pay when you pass away. Insurance can help cover those costs and keep that down so that your family and your hairs are not left without or paying these estate taxes. As African-Americans, we barely own homes. We barely have estates, but we can change that. Yeah. That gap, the gap between middle class, white America, middle class, black America, it's going to take 220 years to close. Hmm. 220 years. How do we close that and shorten that time frame? Insurance, leaving an inheritance, giving some, giving our kids and grandkids and great grandkids something to build with and off of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, because like you say, if, if you're at an age or you at you know to your retirement and things like that, might not necessarily um, be the thing, but you can at least go ahead and just start with something to save for that future generation to come. So, you know, might not, might not work for you, but just keep doing it. You know, keep the, you know, get the policies, keep the policies active and, you know, those type of things. That way your grandkids and great grandkids can at least have something. Well, you know, Eric, I am absolutely, I know we didn't go over everything, but it was pretty much in a roundabout way. A lot of the things that we kind of talked about, answered quite a bit of the questions um let's see let me see well this one in particular we talked about the the savings app talked about the filing of the um bankruptcy oh one thing how long does it typically take to gain a good credit rating i guess on average can't tell you it depends on, uh, and I'm reading that question now, after your credit cards are paid off or something like that. Mm-hmm. It depends really on the credit card companies. They're supposed to report every month. Some of them may not always report every month. Um, so I couldn't tell you an exact time frame, mm-hmm. how long it takes. But you should, if you've paid off your cards, you should start seeing an increase within the first 30 to 60 days. If I were to say, if after 60 days you haven't seen a, a, an increase mm-hmm. in your credit rating, contact that card, your credit card companies, to make sure they've reported that you paid off your accounts. Um, but also be leery of just because you paid off your credit card accounts, if there's other accounts out there that's on your credit report, just still pulling it down. 
you may not see a big change. Mm-hmm. You know, I paid off my credit card accounts. My my credit score went up three points. Yeah, because you got two two repos and a bunch of the collection accounts still there. You know, and makes sense. Rec- I recommend take advantage of that once a year free credit pool from the bureaus. Mm-hmm. Look at your credit report. If you don't know how to read it, get with somebody who can show you how to read your credit report and and and, and tackle it. You know, if if it's too much for you, contact me. I'll be happy to do settlements. I'll be happy to go over your credit report with you and 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 help you understand what you're looking at and how to get yourself out of that debt. Right. I had a question real quick. So, you know, I've thought about this in amongst a few people. So you have all this debt, right? You have one credit card with a thousand dollar limit. So if I take that credit card and I pay all that debt off with that one credit card, right? Mm-hmm. And then I start paying on that credit card. Is that a way to help you uh, free up, free up any debt? You could if the credit card. If you only had honestly, if you only had a thousand dollars or less of debt, you might well just pay the debt off and not put it on the credit card. But you got to remember, most credit cards, credit cards charge on the average about thirteen percent interest. Most of us black people, our credit not that high, so we're probably paying 18, 20%. Mm-hmm. 20, I've seen them be at like 29, 27, 29% interest. Right. Do you really want to put all your debt on that card and then pay 27 or 29% interest on that debt? Because mm-hmm. what you basically just did is create a bigger hole. Mm-hmm. But then, because you're paying, and even if you do that, right. In order to pay off that debt at that point, you can't do the minimum payment. If that minimum payment is $90 and that's all you're paying, you haven't did anything. You just took all your debt and put it over here and you're still in the same amount of debt. So at that point, you've got to understand that when you, if you do something like that, mm-hmm. you need to be paying more than your minimum. Right. And remember, you're paying a lot more interest. Interest on... Um, CNN has, and I wish I would have brought the paper with me so I could have more accurate numbers, but they had a chart that shows um, what $10,000 of debt would be and how long it would take to pay it off at like 18.9% interest. Mm -hmm. It literally would take you like 20-something years to pay it off, making minimum payments. That's what the credit card companies want. That's why they print. Have you ever... They don't print to pay off your debt faster by pay this amount. They print minimum balance, mm-hmm. minimal minimal payment. Right on that on your your bill. Look at it, it says minimum payment. Right, and that's the number we look at because it's a small number ten dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty five. Well, I'm gonna pay that. Well, you're paying twenty five dollars. You know that for the you charge a fifty dollar meal at Cheesecake Factory and. 18 months later, mm-hmm. you still paying on that same $50 meal? Right. Because you're paying interest. Minimum mm-hmm. payments on credit cards, all you're doing is just giving money to interest. You're not even touching the principal balance. Mm-hmm. Right. And that shows up on people's credit reports. You can see them where they have an account that they opened that had a $500 limit in 2016. It's 2019, and they've been paying $35 a month since... And a balance is $493. It's $7 off of what you paid. Right. Hmm. The only reason why I asked that, because 
you you said earlier, um, pay your debt off. So right. essentially, you use the credit card to pay the particular debt off at that moment. But it creates another form of debt. I got you. I, I'm understanding. I'm understanding you totally. But if I wanted to be like, I need whatever I need at the moment in time I need. So I paid off the debt with the credit card, right? Right. Now on my credit report, it says, it shows paid off, right? On those accounts. So those it accounts. also shows your credit card is, is that that utilization factor is damaging your credit score. Now, see. So now your credit score, well, you thought your credit score was going to go up. Remember what I was saying? Yeah. People, you can pay your credit card off. But you got all these collection accounts and these repos still dragging it down. Yeah. Same, yeah. it's the same thing. So okay. You paid off all this stuff, but this credit card because the utilization is, utilization is so far gone, it's still dragging the score down. So you didn't get the bounce right. that you thought you were going to get. So for those people out there trying to cut a corner, can't cut corners. <laughs> this was an example of a corner that you may not me think about. You, you gotta look at the whole picture. <laughs> and now let me picture. ask this before we get you know start wrapping it up. The utilization, it's it's the utilization across the board. So let's say you have three credit cards. Mm-hmm. They're not looking at the one credit card utilization. They're looking at your credit, total. your total credit total that's available to you. Well. Utilization, right? Right. Okay. They're looking at it both ways. Mm-hmm. They're looking at it as individual cars, but they're also looking at it as a total utilization. So if it's three cars at a thousand dollars, if one of the cars is maxed out at a thousand and the other one is at five hundred, but then you got one that's just sitting at two hundred, the one that's that's sitting at two hundred looks good, but the other two are dragging it down mm-hmm. because they're overutilized. Mm-hmm. That's why when we do again, when I do a debt settlement mm-hmm. with our debt settlement programs, what we do is tell you it's not all or nothing. You can pick and choose what you want to put into the program. Mm-hmm. If in that that scenario you have three credit cards, two of them are overutilized, mm-hmm. one maxed out, one is overutilized, and you got one that's doing good. Mm-hmm. We would recommend you throw those two bad ones in the program so we close them and get them paid off and then that one good one you keep i always recommend i always say um don't get yourself in credit card debt credit card debt is skyrocketing in this country it's not just black people it's white people because they got most of the credit cards anyway All right but the debt is skyrocketing in this com- in this country it's getting out of, it's been out of control is it getting even more out of control right. If you got a pocketbook or a wallet full of credit cards, that don't mean you balling and you got good credit. That means you just in debt. You are in debt. You don't need all those credit cards. The more you have, the more you're going to use, the more you're going to be in debt. I recommend two to three credit cards, really just two. And then you don't have to always charge on your credit cards because remember, if that credit card is charging you 18, 19, 20% interest, that's what you're paying on that charge. If you can use your debit card, use your debit card or use cash or don't go. Stay home. Watch TV. I know Blockbuster closed, but go get Redbox. Use that Amazon Fire Stick that you paid on that credit card to get. Use it. Don't go. Stay home sometimes. So they asked closing the credit card. I thought that was bad. 
Not if you're not if you're paying it off and it's overutilized. Credit cards are good for what they're good for. They're good to use for credit. Closing the car, if the car is maxed out, why do you have it open? You can't even charge anything on it anyway. So it's a thousand dollar limit, and you got a thousand dollars charged on it. It's a piece of plastic in your wallet. You can't go and swipe it anywhere and get anything. Mm-hmm. So, so take that debt, basically take that maxed out card, for example, put it in your program. Then that way. And close, it closes out. It'll close itself. But now how does that reflect on your credit? Because let's say, for example, that, that particular card was the card that you had for, let's say, five years. Right. And then but the one that's two hundred dollars, you've only had that for 18 months. Right? right. So they look at how long you've had credit. That's I know that's, right. that's one that's, of the factors. Of the factors. Too. So if you're closing out your five year one. To only have this eighteen month one, then how that that now gives a false impression that you are you 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 not you don't have enough credit you know like no because it still shows okay. it's not like when you close the credit card account that that just disappears off the credit report it just shows on the credit closed. report as closed okay um in these settlement programs yes. There can be a temporary negative effect to your credit in the beginning because you are closing out these accounts, but they rebound and show as paid as full once the negotiation processes are done. So what that means is when you do something like a debt settlement program, um, we close out your accounts. It has a temporary negative effect. If your credit score is below is above a six, I say six twenty, six thirty. It's going to drop your score. It's a temporary drop. What happens is those accounts close. They negotiate. We negotiate it. We start paying them off. Your credit score then makes a full and complete recovery, as well as should go up higher because now you've eliminated your debt. Okay. People get scared when they hear, "Well, my credit score is going to go down." First of all, if you got a 500, it's down anyway. It ain't going nowhere. (laughs) If you got below 500, act like you don't have credit. You're not buying anything. Right. And then on top of that, even if you have a 650 or 700, how often are you using your credit? Right. If you're not about to use your credit, Mm -hmm. and and really, we don't use our credit that often in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're not using it, about to make a purchase at home, or about to purchase something on credit, mm-hmm. let it time. take a dip. Because what will be more important to you? Having a 700 credit score or paying off your debt and freeing up thousands of dollars? Mm-hmm. To me, I'll take a temporary six-month, nine-month dip in my credit score that I wasn't going to buy anything on credit for the next six to nine months anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll take that dip to get out of debt, to to, to pay off $10,000 of debt okay. or $20,000 of debt. So you, you weigh your options out. You know, the, yeah, closing it out can bring it down, mm-hmm. but it's temporary because you close it, you're paying it off. So it, it, it rebounds. Okay. 
All right, Eric. Oh, my goodness. Thank you <laughs> for all of this information, man. I'm Buddha, you learned something today? Damn right I did. <laughs> I ain't doing a whole much talking, but I was listening. <laughs> I ain't about to get his credit in there. Oh, he about to get some insurance and add me as the beneficiary. Uh, Woo! Um, what, you, Woo! what you allergic to, bro? Check the feet. Oh. Woo! So let me plug myself. Again, I'm Eric Bash. You can reach me at 407. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give y'all my my work number four zero seven. Hey, you don't want to get yourself hurt up in here. Hey, Next time y'all see me, I got a black guy. You know somebody called the wrong number. Four zero seven two one seven nine zero eight eight. I work for Nest Egg Financial. Um, it is a new newer startup company for debt consolidation, retirement, debt settlement. Um, we are located in downtown Orlando. You can come by the office. We're in the 55 West building. Uh, I will be happy to have you in the office. As well as um, you can hit me up there on that work number and say, hey, I need insurance. If I owe you some quotes, I apologize for not getting it out to you yet. My software went down and I've been having a hard time with a couple of the companies getting it back up with them. Um, their IT department is working on it. Something happened when I um, did an update and it killed my software, especially for my mutual of Omaha uh, insurance quotes. No problem, though. I could get the quotes to you. I could get them. I got somebody in the office now that's going to shoot me quotes whenever I need it. So I can do insurance. That's life insurance, disability insurance, health insurance, um, pretty much any kind of insurance, long-term care. All that kind, of, all insurance is set for property and casualty. If you need car insurance, don't call me. No you know, car insurance. Renters insurance, don't call me. I can't. I don't do that. I don't do PNC. Anything else, I can help you out with. If if you need college planning, retirement planning, I can help you out with. If it gets above my head, my homie in the business, Joe, is a million dollar round table, uh, round table advisor for mutual at mutual omaha what that means is he's in the top one percent of advisors in the country so one of the best of the best he also just wrote a book called mailbox money you can look that up on amazon if you google nest egg financial it will be the first company that pops up it's nesteggfinancial.net visit our website Mm-hmm. Drop me a line if you have any more questions. I'll be happy to answer them. If it's out of my scope, I got people that can answer it for you. Did you say nest egg? Nest like a bird's nest. Mm-hmm. Egg like a chicken egg. Mm-hmm. Financial. Mm-hmm. Put the space between nest egg and financial. Space between egg and financial. And what's the Google. office number to call you? Four zero seven. Four zero seven. Two one seven. Oh wait a minute. Two one seven nine zero eight eight nine zero eight. Yeah, what, you have a personal a website set up? No, they can go to Nest Egg Finance. Go to Nest Egg Finance. Well, right. Hit me on Facebook. I don't have my uplist. Inbox me. Yes, on Facebook. So I'm putting his name in the comment section, and I'll repost it as well. 
so that you'll be able to have a contact information for him and you'll have his name and he is on Facebook as well. Um, Eric ba Bass. Woo! Did I say it right? Yes, you said it right. Eric Bass, Nest Egg Financial, 407-217-9088. Got it. All right. So, he gave an awesome presentation and a plethora of information. So, if you sitting around here still creating GoFundMe, still selling chicken wings on the side of the road and car washes. And working, yeah. on, and working on OBT? Shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story. Shame yeah. on you. No, I'm just joking. No, if your hair done and you got money flashing on Facebook. You balling, okay? Get your income tax and come talk to Eric, okay? And just get you something set up. You might as well. Just saying. Might as well set something up so that you can enjoy your next year income tax even more. Mm -hmm. How about that? How about that? Because it's not good to play like me no speaking on English on the phone with that bill collector call. <laughs> yeah. They know you lying. They speak Spanish now. They'll hit you with it. They, they, they speak they, all language. There's an Indian dude calling you now. They ain't playing what, with y'all. They ain't playing with y'all no more. Mm -hmm. So thank you all for tuning in. I know it was a lengthy show, but this was an absolute important show that we all need I need it you need it Buddha need it everybody in here and by the way we have a lovely Deborah sitting over here off on the side she is the one and only chocolate lover of the other chocolate lover yeah, so he ain't single he's yeah. not single and ready to mingle <laughs> <laughs> so she stay tuned for the next episode <laughs> I'm sipping a conversation with Buddha and baby. Yeah. I just wanna chill and vibe. I just wanna chill and vibe. Baby, turn up. You know Buddha gon' turn up. Turn up. Turn up. Turn up. Turn up. Baby, turn up. You know Buddha gon' turn up. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that.